Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. And now, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. All right, welcome to Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. The CEO of this podcast, Tate Frazier, is patching the calls in. What's happening, Tate? How's it going, Sal? Hope you're feeling better. Thank you, buddy. I'm calling in from a hospital room. I'm recovering from, uh, this is no joke. I like to joke around, but this is no joke. Recovering from emergency appendectomy surgery. And uh, listen, it would have been easy to take the week off. The NBA finals are over. Stanley Cup is done. Forget the guys in yellow jerseys, though. It's me. I'm the true warrior in every sense. So I decided to push on and do a podcast this week about gambling. And also the advertisers already paid in advance, so I kind of had to do it. All right, coming up at the end of this podcast, our resident golf guru, Joe House. He picked the winner of the U.S. Open last year. He had, who do he have? He had Brooks Kepka. I think it was like 28 to 1. He was on fire with the Open. I'm uh, very excited to hear what he has in store for us this weekend. He's going to be at the event. But before that, let's bring on my boys, my wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, buddy. What's going on, buddy? I'm getting there. Slowly but surely, I'm on the mend here, fellas. And we went two and two last week. And with our best bets, I'm looking at it now. After winning six weeks in a row, I dropped my last two best bets. I think my best bet was game three, Cleveland's first home game, LeBron over 37 and a half points. Now, I didn't know he had a uh, temper tantrum, like a a little child, and broke his hand. That did not help me in the the layup department. He missed between uh, three and seven layups, and he ended up with 33 points. So I kind of feel like I should get my money back there, but... Who had the winners? Brother Bry, you had a winner last week, right? Yeah, in game three, I had the Cavs uh, first half. That one, uh, it was like first half plus a half a point. That one easy. That one easy, right? Yeah. And then who was our other winner? Harry. Harry. Harry, what was your best bet? I had Cleveland and uh, Golden State to go over 56 in the first quarter. It landed 57. Somehow, Kevin Durant gets fouled with a second to go. I know it was like... 38 points with like three and a half minutes to oh, go. And yeah. somehow he, he gets fouled and he makes both free throws with a second to go to get to 57. So that gives me two wins in a row on best bets now. Mm, there you go. Parlay kid, what did you, what, I forgot yeah, what it was. So I, had a, I had a plus 300 parlay. I had the Caps mm. to win in six games mm. with uh, Whitaker uh, versus Romero. Whit- Whitaker over Romero now uh, the UFC. Uh, you know, Caps happened to finish it off in uh, five, and they were down three to two with uh, ten minutes left. And I was thinking, this looks pretty good. I think they're going to go home, win this in six, and um, two late goals, and that was that. And congratulations to the Capitals. And I would do yeah. that bet again at plus three hundred. But uh, Caps do it again. A lot of, Let's see if you can get that yeah. in again. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the Caps love to screw me somehow, Sal. So. Uh, you know, I, let's go over the NHL. I was going to do them second, but we might as well review it now. The Parlay kids love the Caps every year for the last decade, except for this one. He's had money on them. 
And I, I, I feel bad that hockey season's over. It was fun, but we didn't get the satisfaction of watching the Vegas natives cash in on those 200 to one odds. And, yeah. and like I said, none of us were on Washington, but, um, Looking forward to 2019. This is what's great. Tampa eight to one co-favorites with Las Vegas eight to one, and then you have Nashville, Boston, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Winnipeg, and your champion Washington Capitals at ten to one. Holy kid, is that fair to put the the champs? Uh, nothing's going to change pretty much, right? They're in the seventh or eighth position there at ten to one. Yeah, right. So well, you know they were in the same spot last year at this time at ten to one as well. Um, I don't know. You know, so hockey is such a crapshoot. Let's face it. Out of all the sports, this isn't like basketball where we could really predict who's going to possibly win it again next year. Uh, hockey, it's, I could tell you this, Sal. Expect the Vegas Knights to have a pretty big regression. If there's going to be something there, I think they're too. I think uh, they're too high there. What, what did you say that was? Like eight to eight one. Eight to one. I, I one, really yeah. don't like that. I actually think there's going to be another sleeper team next year that kind of comes out of nowhere, a 30 to one shot, a 40 to one shot, uh, no, a devils or something like that, that could surprise, uh, next year during the season. So yeah, uh, that's, that's my feelings. I, 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 yeah, but the capitals at 10 to one, I guess it's fair value. I mean, it's so hard to predict hockey with anything could happen. You know, you could have a team that finished in the bottom right now, be a contender halfway through the season next year. Harry, you gonna you gonna let the parlay kid talk uh, talk sass about your Vegas Knights? You know, what, you know what I can I can agree with actually the parlay kid there. I mean, you know, we'll see who stays, who goes on that team. But I like uh, you know what I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a twenty to one. Uh, taking a shot again with yep. the Oilers. Uh, there you go. They need goaltending. It, re- it really let them down. Th- it really let them down this year. But Connor McDavid had 41 goals a season, 67 assists. He didn't. He, he had a better season this year than he did last year. They finished sixth in the Pacific uh, this year, uh, second two years ago. So it just shows. Parley Ken has always said it's all about goaltending. So uh, if they get a goalie back, look uh, and, and it does something uh, next year. Look for uh, them. They're a very talented young team to bounce back. Because two years ago they were they finished second. Like I said, this year they were sixth because it was all because of goaltending. Uh, Brother Bry, you had your favorite prop was there'll be a goal in the first ten minutes. I like yep. that first goal scored wins. Um, uh, there was obviously a lot more vig to pay with mine, but mine was dynamite. I mean, it really, my mine was I don't know twenty six out of twenty nine or something crazy. Yep, but uh, yours did well. I don't remember. Did yours win in game five? Or, or no, it didn't enough? win in game five. No. There was a couple of really good chances I thought early on that it was going to happen, but it did not happen. It happened in, yeah, it went, uh, I think, three of the five final games. All right. it, it went within the first 10 minutes, but yeah, not the last one. But, but listen, can, I say, can, I, yeah, can I say something with Washington? Yeah. They are, they are not winning it next year because the, have you ever seen a team celebrate a championship more? Like, I, I'd be wow. surprised oh my if Ovechkin is even alive by the time the, the next They might not be done celebrating by the All Star break next year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Ovechkin just it looks like he's going to take that, uh, that Stanley Cup into the wilderness and no one's ever going to see either of them again. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. All right. NBA, we were a little better at. I'm sad it's over. Brother Bry, you had Curry over six assists to average over six assists a game. That was fun. That one, right? Yeah, that one. I had that, that one. And I also, the other one I really liked was um, the margin, largest margin victory over 22 and a half. And that just survived in game four. And Darren, I know Darren loved that. He he had a lot of money on that one. 
That was huge. Yeah, the Darren, the parlay kid, managed to take all of ours, put them together, and make a nice parlay for himself to win, even though he, like the rest of us, had Curry to win MVP, which was right. uh parlay kid. You, you, was that a travesty? I, I feel like this is uh, – I feel the same way I feel about this that, as I do about the Americans. As the uh, yeah. as time wears on, I kind of like the season finale better, and as time yeah. wears on – Durant getting MVP doesn't bother me as much. I don't well, know if it's because he was on the show or because he had a triple him double. On the show, Sal. Right. Yeah, but he had a triple double the last game. He really did that. Yeah. Game, that game three. If he doesn't have that game, it's it's a different series. It really kind of is, I think. But, well, but Sal, I don't know. You're, you're also becoming friends with Steph Curry, I hear. So <laughs> that's right. This is. I mean, I honestly, Sal, I, this is how I look at it. Uh, I just think it was Curry's turn to win it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like. Nobody would have argued if Curry had won it either. And so shouldn't have been his turn to win it. If you look at the, you know, the years they've won the championship, his numbers are actually quite incredible. And it's hard to believe he's never won an MVP averaging over 27 points a game, seven or eight assists a game, and even five or six rebounds a game. He's never won the MVP. I just think it was his time. He deserved it. But, Kudos to me for jumping on all your props, parlaying, <laughs> parlaying them, and hitting basically an eight to one parlay. Thank you guys very much. I think that's the way to do it. I also, yeah, one of the ones you had. I think you had Golden State to average over twelve threes a game. They yep. they just made it. I think it was about thirteen. And did you have LBJ to have a triple double? Because I was on. I had that. No, my other one was under five and a half games. Oh, under five and a half games. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty easy. Now, Harry, what do we think? The 2019 odds are out. Obviously, there's a lot of LeBron talk. I think LeBron going to the Lakers went to minus 200 today. Wow. Um, I saw that. It's, uh, listen, when, when Guillermo is calling me, telling me that his friend, who's a superintendent of a, of the, of a prestigious private school, I don't know how that happened, by the way, but his friend <laughs> at this prestigious school said that LeBron is looking to uh, enroll his kids there. If he knows that, well, then something's up here. But anyway, Golden State plus one thirty, Houston five to one, Philly five to one, Boston seven to one. The L.A. Lakers could be LeBron's new team, ten to one. San Antonio twenty five, Cavs down to forty to one. You might as well make that two hundred to one, right? If they, hmm. if they don't have LeBron and oh. Toronto, the number one seed, I jotted this one down. The Toronto number one seed this year, sixty to one. Harry, where's, where's your money going? Wow, I, I'm you know I'm still riding like I said a couple of weeks ago. I really think LeBron's going to stay with this. He's going to go to the Sixers. Currently, if you want that, if he's uh, going to Philly, it's three to one. Philly's five to one, like you mentioned. Uh, I I like him. To, he's got to stay in the East. He's got to have. I just uh, I think he's got to be able to be able to market himself in the East. And with if he goes to Philly, it's like a three headed monster there with uh, Embiid, who got twenty three a game. Simmons, who's all over getting triple doubles or close to it all the time. He'll, LeBron, if he's on that team, he'll be able to do whatever he wants to create opportunities for the team. Plus, they have a nice bench. And I look out for Philly until Kyrie Irving can prove he can stay healthy come playoff time. Uh, when James is with Philly, the Sixers will be the new number one team in the East to deal with. So I like Philly at five to one. All right. Well, you listen. It's everyone's dream to send their kids to school on the West Coast when you you can yourself work on the East well, Coast stuff. <laughs> but 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 is, is LeBron still going to uh, blow off uh, Guillermo, or or maybe that might be different? If oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's going to have to. Yeah. He has to keep that going. Uh, Brother Bry, what, what do you like? I mean, it's very early. The roster's going to 
shake around a lot, but yeah, would, it's it's too early. I would maybe I would maybe lean the Rockets to the Celtics at this point, just based on the odds. I mean, for LeBron with the Lakers, I mean, who do who would they have to get? They have to get Kawhi at least, right, or somebody else yeah. for the Lakers to really have a chance at that ten to one. I mean, because that I mean that roster yeah, might still be better than the Cavs, but it's not much better unless yeah. they add. Paul George or Kawhi, right. but I don't even know if Paul George if that's a winner against the Warriors. I mean, that might still be too much, but I think Kawhi, Golden Kawhi State, Golden State at plus one thirty is still a good bet because what's the worst case scenario? All right, maybe Clay Thompson leaves, but I don't think he'll go to any of these. I see him going to somewhere stupid like Orlando, and uh, and then like right. these other teams, you know. So he, he would sound like he's going to Houston or something. It's going to contend, but. And that's just in my head. But either way, I think they get to the conference finals, and if they're in the conference finals. And you have them at plus 130. That's pretty good. I mean, I think they're going to be minus 300 wherever LeBron ends up in the yeah. conference finals if they were to get that far. Parley Kid, do you have a preference? Uh, so I totally agree with you. I don't know how you can't. Uh, you have to take the uh, the Warriors right now. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, just getting back to the LeBron thing, I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago and this Laker thing as well. Wow, that, those odds have tremendously changed. Uh, I think um, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago. I really liked them. I forget what they even were, but what were they like two or three weeks ago? I, I'm trying to they think were, what what those odds least, were. They were at least five to one. Like if you, I think, if you I think it was one. even. I think it was greater it than was that. Was higher at one point in time, but I know. Yeah. I know just recently. But Sal, you know what? When it when it comes to LeBron, I think you guys could agree with this. And somebody had mentioned this on Twitter. I don't even know who it was, but. If you're LeBron, maybe just go on one-year deals right now and just go to the best team. You get so much crap for losing. Yeah. Why not just now pick and choose the best team to go to on a yearly basis and just win three or four more championships before you leave, and then nobody can say anything. Right. You know. Yeah, I think that's probably he'll he'll have an out probably in this contract wherever wherever he ends up. Good point. I think. But Tate, now uh, Master Tate Frazier was here. He he built a nice nest egg. He was up $120. And, boy, he can make that last three or four months worth of meals, <laughs> Tate, the way he eats. 120 bucks. He had Golden State in five. Tate, the Simmons had him in five, too. This was the problem. That, that was, I, don't, I wonder if game one was different if Golden State wins in five or if they went in seven or if it didn't matter. I mean, obviously it mattered, but when did you know you were doomed? I knew I was doomed when they lost game one. I think that was the only one. At least LeBron would get one game and we get to go to game five and uh, we don't have to hear the whole story about him punching a whiteboard. So uh, I was just as upset yeah. as LeBron was when he punched that whiteboard because then I knew it was over. <laughs> you were? Yeah, it was me, LeBron's son, and uh, LeBron that were the most upset. Uh, <laughs> well, you're three years older than LeBron's son. Maybe maybe you'll still go, you'll both go to that same school. Yeah, or, we're, uh, we're trying to enroll. I just reached out to Guillermo to let him know that I want to go there. <laughs> All right, in other basketball news, uh, my cousin Jimmy is playing Ted Cruz this Saturday night, the night before Father's Day at Texas Southern University. Uh, one-on-one, game to 15. I've installed Jimmy as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, mostly because he'd be uh, furious with me if I made him an underdog. But it's the 15 by ones, and uh, I will be there. Uh, come by and say hi. I, you know, I, 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 who knows? I might end up in a Texas jail. Ted Cruz can make me could really can make me suffer. I might be in jail for like two weeks in Texas. So I don't know if they'll be. If there's not a podcast next week, you'll know that's the uh, case. But Texas Southern, how are you going to go? I, I could see Ken flying down there for that game. He mentioned it today. Your my boss Ken. Ken mentioned it yeah. today. Yeah, my did. boss Ken mentioned it today. We're gonna come see you, and uh, and then uh, he I mentioned this to him, and then uh, he 
change his wage. Maybe if the South's still going to this, maybe we'll go to Texas. All We're right. about it. There you go. Because really, no fun could be had without Ken being involved, right? <laughs> right. Uh, of course. If you ever found out about it. All right. Listen, that brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail, tackling make-believe propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This week's prop, which is the most unstoppable Warriors? The Golden State Warriors. The Warriors from the 1979 New York City Film Street Gang, or the WWF's Ultimate Warrior. Harry, while I have you hot right now, which one are you taking? You know what? Uh, I really did want to take the Ultimate Warrior, but I got to go with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they simply have been amazing the last four years. The numbers stand, uh, stand for themselves. Three championships, four conference titles. Best regular season ever in 1516. That's at 73-9 record. And the most wins ever in a season with playoffs and regular season combined with 88 that year. And in 1617, they went 16-1 and in the playoffs. Getting Durant has allowed them to toy with teams during the regular season playoffs. They have two first ballot Hall of Famers on that team, probably two others. And you can also throw in Steve Kerr in there, too. He'll probably be in the Hall of Fame as well as a coach. Uh, like I said, I really wanted to... Uh, side with the Ultimate Warriors, absolutely in my top five wrestlers of all time, but I think it's the team by the bay that is the uh, Warrior that's most unstoppable. Boring, boring, boring answer. Parley wow, Kid, what do I you know, mean? I know. Well, Sal, uh, listen, Ultimate Warrior, fraud, phony, roided up. Next, Golden State Warriors, kind of unbeatable. Hello, Rockets, Chris Paul. Maybe they're not so ferocious. They could have lost that series. But Sal, the the NYC Warriors, Sal, <laughs> right? They come out to play, right, Sal? You know what I'm yeah. talking. That's a line from the movie. The yep. Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. Defeating gang after rival gang, slicing and dicing and making it back to their home turf, all in a night's work. Forget it. Only Draymond might have a chance against these guys. Durant Curry wouldn't last a second on the main streets of New York, Sal. Take those Warriors, the NYC Warriors. All right. 1979. Rent a movie if you, if you haven't. Oh, I guess you don't rent, rent a movie. Anymore. Just oh. go on something and get it for two bucks. That's right. Brother Bry, you could, uh, you could break the tie here. Yeah, no, I know. As much as I want to go with the Ultimate Warrior, only won one heavyweight championship. So I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Darren on this one and go the NYC Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like Darren said, they had to survive every gang going after them in in New York City. So the Golden State Warriors only had to beat Cleveland. The Warriors, the real Warriors, had to beat the Baseball Furies. I don't know. Do you remember those guys? They had to, they wore they had baseball bats and they wore like clown makeup, right? And then right. they had to beat the Lizzies. And then they had to beat the punks who wore roller skates. They beat those guys in the bathroom. So you know those guys are tough. So I'm taking the real New York City Warriors. Oh, man. I should have had you go last, Brother Bry, to break the time because I'm going Ultimate Warrior. Oh, yes, no. he only held the heavyweight championship once, but he beat Hulk Hogan in a time when it was impossible to beat Hulk Hogan. He held both the Intercontinental and WWF titles at once, never done before. He won feuds over Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, Rick Rude, Papa Shango, Triple H, all viable contenders. 
Golden State Warriors beat up uh, an old man version of LeBron James in the twilight of his career. The Warriors from the film ran the entire movie. They ran and ran, and then they finally met up with the Rogues in Coney Island, and they were saved by the Rifts. None of these Warriors are as courageous as James Brian Helwig, aptly named the Ultimate Warrior. There you go. And that's another week of Captain Morgan's make-believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. You think we don't know anything about Warriors? Wait to hear our World Cup analysis. It starts up this Thursday. I think Russia... What's the first game? Russia... Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, no. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia. Russia. I think the, yeah. So it goes one game Thursday and then... And then the rest of the way for a while, it's either three games or four games. Uh, so it's a nice slate. I'm thinking of running like a, uh, a suicide pool, an eliminator pool. For uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to think one up, and I'll tweet it uh, oh, out. If, yeah, if I, I have a good one. Out. I have a good one, Sal, that I do, too, so I could send that to you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. when the three and four start, you can maybe do it. but uh, And you just, like, ties, you don't lose. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But listen. Yeah. I have a, yeah. Okay. I'm not a soccer expert, and but I have – Bet lots of money on the last three World Cups, and I kind of know which what to stay away from. Now, listen, my my best bet, if you could get on this, is France, Brazil. This is boring. France, Brazil, Spain, and Germany to advance to the round of 16. It's like minus 352, but I'm a lunatic, and I'll give you another bet in a minute. But uh, here's what I'll say. I will say the you got to go 0-0. Zero, zero. Brother Bri, you're with me in this. There were 19 in the last World Cup. There were 19-0-0 zero, zero or one nothing games. And if you include 1-1 one, one games, that's like all the rest of them. That's one thing I'll say. The other thing I'll say is, and I was telling you guys this earlier, don't bet a team to win their group because when it comes down to it, they may sometimes just want to take second right. place in advance because they may have to see that they have a better matchup in the round of 16. Those are the two things that I've learned from this. I will probably go on to uh, lose a lot of money. But Parlay Kid, give us your best bet for the World Cup. Uh, is it yeah. coming this weekend or is it an overall bet? Uh, it's coming this weekend, Sal, because I'm going to be parlaying two early games here. Okay. Uh, and listen, and here's the thing, Sal, I'm not a soccer expert. I'm probably not an expert in any of these things we talk about, obviously, by the way I, I lose so much. But at the same point, um, because you know of that, your 70s, I, You know your 70s films, though, that's for that's, sure. That's right. But in terms of soccer, I, I, what I have to do is I have to, I have to do a little research. And, and here's what makes gambling so great. Because soccer, to me, would be so boring. Yeah. But, you know, a 0-0 zero, zero game now, you have money on the mm -hmm. game all of a sudden south means it's a lot more exciting right so sure. betting this world cup for a guy like me who's not a big soccer guy really does add so much more entertainment value to it that well uh, you know I'm, I'm all in on it i'm all in so there this is what i'm doing so okay uh, i'm parlaying two teams to win uh i got spain and russia uh to win spain over portugal Russia over Saudi Arabia, like we just said. Okay, I'll start with the Spain game, and I'll get to Russia, even though I know it's the first game. So you have to excuse me. My voice is going a little bit. Go ahead. You're very excited. Uh, I know. I'm very excited. This <laughs> Sam, really, I've never been more excited for the World Cup. And where's, you know, the United States, is, they're not even playing in it. So it's, no, it's, I know. it's fantastic. <laughs> right? So 
Um, this, you know, the Spain-Portugal is actually one of the more key matchups early in this tournament, Sal. Yeah. Uh, Spain has been playing from by everything I'm reading, very solid soccer. And the opposite can be said for Portugal. They're kind of coming into this, uh, riding a little bit of a, not maybe say a losing streak, but they're in a, in a lull. So uh, I, I kind of do like Spain to win this game. You're probably looking at a one nothing type of game. Uh, but I do think Spain is the better team. Uh, I think, uh, you know, obviously Portugal with Ronaldo. Um, I think Spain will be a little too prideful to let that uh, pretty boy do any damage. So let's go with Spain at minus 109 in that game, so to win. And then South right. Russia versus Saudi Arabia, minus 232. I actually think this is really good value because I don't think this is going to be cl- close. Russia, Sal, listen. They are not a soccer powerhouse, but do, so do you know that the home side of this tournament, they've never lost an opening match in the history of this tournament, mm. and the average win is by basically two goals, which in, in basketball, that's like 100 points difference, <laughs> right? So, or something like that. And so like I said, they're not a powerhouse, but they should easily handle a far inferior Saudi Arabia team, and the bottom line is Putin is a fan of soccer, yeah, uh, I don't. These guys cannot afford to lose this game. They right. have to win this game, right? So I think this is must. In fact, if you want to put them solo, they're going to win this game by two or three goals. I think. But All right. I'm taking I'm taking Spain minus one hundred nine, Russia minus two thirty two. You add it, it's a plus one seventy three parlay. So I kind of like it. All right, there you go. All right, uh, Harry, what's your pick for the World Cup? Well, first, I just want to bet. I had a bet with Brian that Darren's analysis of a soccer pick would go over seven and a half minutes. So that would be better. I'm already up. Kate's going to have to check the time on that. I'm not sure. I've lost <laughs> wow. Anyways, uh, I, I did some analysis myself. I went through some games and everything. And Morocco is playing Iran. And to win the game, Morocco is plus 130. Now, I got some stats here that are pretty interesting. Now, Morocco in their last 11 games is 9-0-2, and they've scored three or more goals in five of those games. And Iran, in their last nine games, is averaging one goal a game. And in those nine games, they played Sierra Leone and scored four goals. So that their average is probably like a half a goal if you throw that game out. So I'm taking Morocco at plus 130 to beat Iran in the first game. I got I think I see this to be like a 3-1 game written all over it for Morocco. I feel like this is um this is like the parody version of our podcast. Like in the beginning of like <laughs> April, I would have said, all right, guys, the NBA playoffs are here, the NHL playoffs are here. And then after that, who knows? We'll probably have to listen to Harry go on for 10 minutes about Morocco and Iran and the world cup. And, and here we are. We actually yeah, made it. Sal, you know, Sal, you know what though? Working in the, working in the sports books in Vegas, Mm-hmm. Got, when it would it would be seven o'clock in the morning and I'm getting there and the place would be packed when the World Cup was going on packed yeah absolutely yeah, packed everybody drinking and partying at seven a.m. watching soccer I and I'm rooting for say, under two and a half what's uh what's the time difference here because it's not going to be great what, for me what time yeah. are our te- what 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 time are we going to get start our text chains going uh. And, you know, this could be like uh, three yeah, in the morning day. and stuff. I, all day. It's good. All I'm, I'm going to wake up to most of them because there's, uh, there's a, early on there's some 2 a.m.ers uh, uh, 
Pacific uh, Pacific time for me. But uh, brother Bry, can you top Morocco over Iran? I don't think you can. But I, yeah, I don't think I can top some of these other ones. I mean, I will say though, there are so many bets out there. Oh, like we just talked about, like last week, um, last big weekend, there are mm. more prop bets between the World Cup and the U.S. Open that I've ever seen before. There's like a thousand on each of these. So kudos to them. And I am really happy that Darren's going to be betting the World Cup. We got him into golf a few years ago. We got him into tennis. Mm. Now World Cup for D. So one thing I I will say quickly that I do love is, I know you guys like, Darren likes Spain. I do like, I love Spain minus 210 to advance to the quarters. I think that's pretty easy. They're going to either have to play like Egypt, likely have to play Egypt or Russia or maybe a worst case Uruguay, and I think minus two ten there is really good. But for this for this week, I really love Uruguay minus one sixty three against Egypt on Friday. Like a lot of people think Egypt's the real sleeper, which they might be in the group. They might come. They might finish number two in this group. But I just feel like a, a lot of people love the the guy Mohamed Salah. But I think if you look at Uruguay, they have a ton of depth. I mean, Egypt's probably going to try to keep this game close, but I think you'll probably see in the second. This this is probably going to be a game that's close early, like a zero zero half maybe, and then Uruguay's going to pull ahead one nothing, two nothing in the final. But minus one sixty three, I was surprised when I saw that. I thought it'd be like closer to minus two hundred, minus two fifty when I was looking at those. All right. I mean, I don't have the stats offhand, but it's, I know it's very rare that a South American team can uh, upend a Middle Eastern team. But all right, you're, it's, a, it's a gutsy call. We'll see. And by the way, to, to, to further uh, uh, Parley Kid's point, yes, gambling can save you from these sporting events that you have to watch. People are going to want to talk about the World Cup, and why not say you have a few bucks on it? I was with your buddy uh, John Jastrzemski. Um, Paul, like, hey, we were talking about this. How do you oh, make yeah. Golden State Warriors interesting? You bet on them. How do you how do you survive the Tom Brady decade or fifteen years, whatever the hell it's been? You That's bet right. on them. All right, you be on the right side of it. How do you Great survive ball. a boring uh, summer of you know soccer where one goal is scored over two weeks? You bet on it, and that's what we're doing here. And I think I'm going to say something similar to you guys. I think Spain over Portugal, one nothing. I'm going specific score here. Gotcha. Split your money between Spain over Portugal at one nothing is plus four seventy five, and bet the tie at two thirty plus two thirty. So you have plus four seventy five, and you have plus two thirty. To my point earlier on, these are the two teams that are probably going to advance from that that group, and they'd be happy with a tie. They'd be happy with a zero zero game or a one nothing game. Either way, six sixteen and thirteen. They've played thirty five times and they've tied thirteen of those. So they've already tied a third of the time because everything ends up a tie anyway. So it doesn't matter. Take Spain over Portugal, one nothing plus four seventy five plus two thirty. All right, did everyone give their pick? I can't even figure it out. I think they did, right? That's yes, right. Yep. We have the US Open coming up. Now this is where things get really exciting. And we have Joe House on in a few minutes. He's going to break it down further. But I have a feeling everyone's best bets are going to have something to do with the U.S. Open. Harry, let's start with you. You're red, red hot. Two in a row, I'm going to go with Phil Mickelson at minus 130 to finish in the top 20. Look, Phil, who turns 48 on Saturday, has had a very productive season so far. He's six in the FedEx standings. He won in Mexico. He finished second in Pebble Beach. He's got six top 10 finishes in 15 tournaments so far. And when the U.S. Open was in Shinnecock in 2004, Phil finished second to Retief Goosen. And in that tourney, those two were the only golfers who finished under par. So happy birthday to one of the greats who isn't done just yet. Phil at minus 130 to finish in the top 20 is my best bet of the week. All right, Brother Bry, your best bet. 
Yeah, why go Phil when you can go Tommy Fleetwood top twenty plus one seventy five? So mm. if you look at some of his, if you look at his last ten tournaments, he's finished in the top twenty seven of those ten tournaments. He finished fourth at the U.S. Open last year. His game seems to translate really well to this course. I know Tita Green is ranked twelfth, whatever the hell that means. He's also top thirty in driving distance and driving accuracy. But I know a lot of people like him as a sleeper. But I'm, I'll be happy to take plus 175 in the top 20 rather than I know like 40 to 1 to win it. But plus 175, yeah. love it. Love it. All right. Parlay oh, and, and I will say I'm going to be there too. I'll be there on Thursday. So I'm gonna hopefully, hopefully I can find a way to hang out with House for a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I think you'll run into I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you guys each other's numbers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. we'll, all right. Brother, uh, Parlay Kid, best bet. Uh, so I need a winner here, son. I think you like this one, and I, I'm curious to see what House says, but I think he would like this one too. And since we're all going this top 20 route, I'm kind of going to do the same. I'm going to go uh, Justin Rose minus 165 in the top 20. That's on Bavada. You could find that mm-hmm. minus 165 on Bavada. Listen, he's ranked third in the world. He's been solid for at least the last six months. And so that's what I'm looking for here. Solid. Finishing the top 20. Okay. Uh, he's got the length and precision that's demanded at this course in Shinnecock. I think at minus 165, really good value for him to finish in the top 20. I need to, I need to get off the schneid here, Sal. So uh, let's take Justin Rose at minus 165. Well, I'm going to be with you. So we're either going to be we're going to be streaking or we're going to be hitting it hard. We're going to be looking for another way out. And Harry, how often do I get odds on a best bet? I'm doing it. I like Rose as well. First of all, as top European, that's on sportsbook.ag. If you can get that at five to one, I like him as top European. But if you can't, and I would do this anyway, put him in the top five at plus 260. He won the U.S. Open. I know it wasn't Shinnecock, but he won it in 2013. Won the Colonial a few weeks ago. And I'm not concerned that he didn't make the cut at Shinnecock. 14 years ago. And here's a stat that I love. All three winners of the modern U.S. Opens at Shinnecock have been 35 years or older. The last two, Retief Goose and Corey Pavin, were in the top 10 golf rankings. Rose is the only top 10 player over 35. He's 37 right now. Uh, If you can get top European 5-1, to do that. If you can't, get him in the top 5 overall at plus 260. And that's my best bet. It's going to be fun either way. Brother Bry, where can people find you? You said you're going to be in Shinnecock. Are you going to be there Thursday? Yeah, I'll be there uh, Thursday. Um, yeah, and I'm at the Brother Bry on Twitter. All right. Parlay Kid? So I'm at the Chalk Talker. There you go. Harry. And I'm at AAO Harry. All right. And Harry's, uh, Harry's actually might be watching sports this weekend because girlfriend's away. She, she, uh, she fled. Where did she? She went to, like, Alaska. That's how far she wanted she to get did. away, right? Yeah, she yeah, she definitely needs to get some time away from me. She's on some uh, Alaskan cruise, so uh, for, till 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 Sunday. So I'll be able to watch the golf. Probably picking her up at seven o'clock. So hopefully it doesn't go into extra hole or whatever. It, it, I'll be picking her up. I'll be able to watch the golf. <laughs> you know, you don't care. You don't care. <laughs> yeah. you're picking her up either way. I do actually. I do, but <laughs> you're picking her up on Saturday. Harry, All right, uh, we're watching the overhead satellite feeds of her cruise ship. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you have. By the way, by the way, I can't wait. I can't wait to bet these uh, under two and a half in the soccer. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, I forgot about those. Oh, under two and a half. See, we're not dead yet, guys. Who needs basketball or, or hockey? Uh, we're good. We're good. All it's right. a little depressing. <laughs> it is. All right. <laughs> Just try to pretend with me, Parley kid. We're gonna Sal, be hope you're feeling better, Sal. Get better, Thanks, man, buddy. Thank Get you, better, right. buddy. All right, fellas, stay tuned for Joe House. 
you think you know who's going to win the game tonight? Lay down some money and get in on the action at the safest online sportsbook in the world. MyBookie.ag offers all kinds of different wagers on Major League Baseball as well as every type of sport and league in the world. And when you win, you get lightning fast payouts. And you can even create your own player prop wagers using their prop machine. So go check them out now. Use promo code SAL, S-A-L, and you'll get up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. If you want to experience Las Vegas-style sportsbook gambling, mybookie.ag is the only place to check out. They have casino games like blackjack, roulette, and slots. Not to mention, you can play all of their games on your cell phone, iPad, or tablet computer. You play, you win, you get paid. Visit Las Vegas from your couch. Try out today. Go to mybookie.ag and sign up with the promo code SAL to ensure you're eligible for all their future promotions and bonuses. Once again, that's mybookie.ag. Use promo code SAL. All right, welcome back to Against the Laws with Cousin Sal, part of the Breaker Podcast Network. Calling in today from the hospital, covering from an emergency appendectomy, but the show must go on. Go on, it shall, because on the phone right now, we have the Ringer's resident golf guru. He's the co-host of the very popular golf podcast, Shack House. Also, host of the most scrumptious podcast on the Ringer Network, House of Carbs. Coming to you live from Washington, D.C., home of the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals, the great Joe House. What's happening, Joe? Well, because, well, well, uh, like correction, I'm actually coming to you from the media center at Shinnecock Hills. Oh, in wow. Hampton, New York. So how about that? All right. You know, that makes me feel better because part of me thought I was keeping you from the uh, Capitals parade. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if that was the case. No, no. I missed the parade. You know, uh, the, the expectation for a Stanley Cup this year was so low that I felt very confident. Okay, go ahead and schedule <laughs> this trip against this time. Lo and behold, you know, miracles happen. That's good. Obi's still drinking. <laughs> that's as reverse as a reverse jinx gets, I think. Good job by I think you. That's right. Yeah. Now, thank now, you before for we that. get to the before we get to the good stuff, I'm, I'm stuck in the hospital here. They won't leave me for. They won't let me leave for the the most hilarious reason, and that is because I am not gassy enough, and I have never <laughs> I've been accused of many things, but not not being not gassy. So, because so, um, in the first yeah. place, we're very happy that you're alive. What the hell thank happened? You. I had some weird thing, you know, so I, I, I know what it feels like to overeat. I've been there. I've vomited on the side <laughs> of the road after a simple buffet. And this wasn't the same pain I was feeling Saturday night. And yeah. uh, mainly because I like starved myself the day before. And I was, and it was just unbearable from like 11 PM to five in the morning. And I just came, I said, what, what if I have like a, a like a, a bleeding ulcer or something? And no, it was uh, the appendix. It was rotten and it was about to burst. They, they caught it just in time. But um, well, here's what the, I want to talk to you about is the hospital food. You could do a whole thing on <laughs> hospital food. Oh, that um, sounds great. Yeah, it, it's not that great. I'm not going to tell you where I am, but you know, they have an extensive menu. It's this sort of cheesecake factory-esque, uh, and it makes you think, oh, good things are about to happen. And then and then you do you get adventurous, and you, and you get like the urban-crusted salmon. And you're like, what the hell did I just do that for? Why did I just... Then I pick plucking this thing from the Bering Sea and bringing it no, to the uh, hospital to feed my fat ass, right? It's a mistake, and it was a mistake. Well, I, I did one of my questions with this uh, appendicitis. Are you allowed yeah. to continue to eat the way that we've all known 
and, and come to love. I will be back and uh, I'll, I'll be back to my fighting weight. Don't, don't worry. We have a Vegas trip planned. I know what you're getting at. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. But right now they're taking me on. I'm going from liquid diet to regular diet every six hours uh, for this gas thing. But um, uh, either way, I'm well, that would be urban yeah, that would be fine if the liquid portion of it was alcohol. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I wonder if they'll uh, they'll loosen up about that around there. But what what do you get at uh, what do you get? And then we'll move on to the golf. But what what's the best thing to get hospital food? Just get get a burger if you could get it. Or yeah, I was going to say it's like a turkey sandwich. Up, right? Seems like a turkey yeah, a burger. Yeah, I mean you you go right down the middle. I think. All right. You don't yeah. get the urban right. crusted salmon. There you go. All right. Now there's a lot to eat in Shinnecock. You're you're, you're in the lobster capital of you know Maine's going to argue, but you're going to you're you're right there with all the great seafood. I wish I could rec- recommend some place. I grew up about 30 miles from there, uh, west of there. Um, if you get settled down at Maroney's in Northport, they'll they'll roll you out of the joint at the end of the night. But what are you looking forward to eating there? Well, I, I've uh, I've been here a couple of days and I have already uh, cracked the seal on the lobster roll. Uh, nice. There's a place uh, I don't remember the name. I wrote it down even. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it so much I can't remember the name. Uh, I've had some sushi. Feels like you know all everything. An Italian with some uh, tutos. You know tutos in Sag Harbor and in East Hampton. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm I've done all those kinds of places. You're good. All right, you're good for now. Now what about this course? This it's a so, monster course. Right. Are you afraid of this uh, course? Well, yes, in the sense that um, there are no trees on it. It sits out, you know, it's, it's got water on kind of both sides. And uh, the biggest defense for it is is the breeze. And we have experience on this track back in 2004 of, you know, uh, the combination of course maintenance, you know, the guys that actually live here and work here and know how to keep it up for the members to enjoy it. And then the competitive element of the U.S. Golf Association wanting to create, you know, a, a tournament where par is a hard score. And that worked out disastrously in 2004. They lost the green during the competition. The Saturday of the competition, they were watering the green in between groups that came through. And Phil Mickelson famously made a bad score on number seven. And uh, they're, they're still talking about it this week. He went on, he gave an interview yesterday complaining about it. Everything ended up in but, the sand, right, as a result? Or, yeah. Or- yeah, right. Okay. Well, and then he deliberately hit it in the sand after the bad experience that he had. That's he knew right. he could his best chance to make it three was hitting it to the bunker. But in terms of, uh, so it's a, it's a, a classic Lynx style kind of uh, design. And um, in many respects, it plays the way that an open championship, that is to say the British Open, the way we normal uh-huh. people say it, um, right. it's kind of competed, which, which definitely colors my perspective on the kinds of players that I'm liking this week. Okay. But, right. Yeah. But because the main thing is to make, we need to make money at about then this tree thing. You're not worried about any trees sprouting up uh, in the next 48 hours or so, right? There's, there's I don't no, no think trees so. now. Okay. I don't That's think so. Good. Okay, good. So, um, but so now let's, I want to give you props. You, you hit, you, you hit Kepka, you hit Brooks Kepka last year. I think it was about 28 to one, the U S open, obviously different course, but, God bless you. You uh, cashed in there. Uh, this one, as you said, is a little different. I think the 16th hole is like 616 yards. So what kind yeah. of player do you like? I'll ask you for a best, a mid-range, and a, and a long shot. So uh, 
in terms of the skill set that that seems like like you know the prevailing point of view here on the grounds at Shinnecock, you need players who are good at the so-called second shot. So the, the the fairways here are fairly wide by U.S. Airways. U.S. Uh, <laughs> I said U.S. Airways. <laughs> Is that a plug? I didn't know that was a. I didn't know that was a bid roll. All right, I think they're dead. I think they're gone. <laughs> By U.S. Open standards, the fairways are are wide, and the rough here is really not that um, daunting either. You don't want to hit it in the fescue, the taller native grasses, um, but you right. kind of have to be really offline to to do that. The uh, all of the challenge of the course comes from which way the wind's blowing, engaging the wind, and because there are no trees. It's hard for the players to to look around and get a feel for the players and their caddies to get a feel for the direction and whether or not the wind that they're experiencing out in the middle of the fairway is the same as the wind up at the green. So it's a, it, it it interjects a level of uncertainty that makes them all uncomfortable, which is great. You know, that's part of the the design element. So they the emphasis here is on guys that are good at hitting the ball onto the green with their second shot. Um, okay, and also. The three previous winners were also exquisite short game guys. They had unbelievable ability to get the ball in the hole, even if they weren't on the green. So that's that's right. uh, Ratif Gustin, that is uh, Corey Pavin, that's Raymond Floyd. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, all right. I like so that. So with with those are two skill sets um, that right. we know are important. So if we're going to start talking about guys that kind of fit a profile, um, you're not. You, you, you can't at any point in the game ignore Justin Rose. You know, at this stage, he's now put on a full calendar year's worth of good performances. Dustin Johnson's an eight to one favorite, and Justin Rose and Rory McIlroy and Justin Thompson. I'm sorry, Justin Thomas on uh, on Sports uh, Bovada are fourteen to one. Now that's a pretty good gap uh, when you when it comes down to golf and majors. Dustin Johnson having won this weekend. Eight to one, Rose McIlroy, Thomas fourteen to one, Day uh, Fowler, Spieth at eighteen to one, Kepka won last year, not at Chinnacock, as we say, Rom and Woods at twenty two to one, and then you get into your Brendan Graces and Matsuyama's and Phil Mickelson at thirty three to one. All right, so now take me through it. Which 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 ones we discard out of those? Which ones do we like? So. Uh... The two that I like the best out of that group are, are Justin Rose and Justin Thomas. I like a pair of Justin's cuz. Okay. Uh, the reason that I like Rose, his form over the last 15 minutes has been, uh, 15 months or so, has been in, in, incredible. Um, he is second in strokes gained total, which is um, a metric by which guys are compared against their, their competitors. Um, uh-huh. And there's an expectation for a certain score, and then um, this idea of strokes gained is how much better have you performed than what's expected. Uh, so I don't mean to get too analytical, too nerdy uh, with, right. with these, these golf things, but uh, seventh in strokes gained T to green. So T to green is a metric that gives you a uh, you know all strikes not taken on the putting green. So that uh-huh. means he's he's been very uh, accurate. And he's, right. he's good enough at driving accuracy, 57, so in the top 60. Um, he uh, just won two weeks ago. He was a yep. favorite for the Masters. There isn't any reason to, to discard him. You have to have him uh, on, on I, your let card. Me throw, let me throw one more thing at you. I don't know if you uh, came across this uh, this gem, Justin Rose. Let me find it. And you'll, oh, you'll go nuts. 
All three winners of the modern U.S. Open at Shinnecock have been 35 years or older. The last two winners, Goosen and Pavin, were in the top 10. Uh, Rose is the only top 10 player over 35. Uh, sad to it, but uh, with the Justin Rose club, right? Well, I, I, I love that. One other thing that I like very much is the uh, nationality of the winner. I think this mm-hmm. is going to be a year, a year for a European. You can also mm-hmm. get the field at minus 115. Um, you know, that's a near even money uh, bet for, for uh, you know, you could, you could maybe parlay that with Rose if that was, if that was the way you were kind of feeling about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had Rose as top European at plus 550. I think he beats out McElroy and Rom and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, whoever else. But uh, yeah, oh, that's an interesting <laughs> way to just take, just take all of the Europeans. I didn't really, yeah, you could do that. Okay, sure, right. right. Well, well, it's the rest of the world. It's the field versus USA, which is right, even better. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Justin Thomas also scores very well in these metrics, these second ball metrics. So it's his, uh, the player performance on par fours and fives, that's called stroke gained off the tee. He's 15th in that. He's sixth in mm-hmm. approach. That's second shots on par fours. He's second in tee to green. That's all strokes not taken on the putting green. We know that he has the chops. We know that he um, can perform well on hard tracks. And he's been a little under the radar. He, there hasn't been a ton of Justin Thomas buzz. The only thing that counsels against taking him is nine of the past 10 major winners because our first-time mm. major winners. Now, it would also be a reason not to take Justin Rose. But, oh, but wow. you know, it feels like this course this tournament, this moment is going to require a really classy performance by a classy player. So I don't personally feel like we're going to get a first-time winner on the track okay. here, a first-time major winner uh, with right. this U.S. Open. All right, I like that. I like that. So uh, those are a couple guys in that in that top tier. In the, in the second tier, and by second tier, I'm looking at guys that, in the, say, like the 25 to 55 range. Uh, I'm going to go again with two Europeans here. I like very much Tommy Fleetwood, yeah. who uh, was Bill Simmons' selection for the Masters. Yeah. And Tommy, through three rounds, was pretty undistinguished. And then on that Sunday, came out pretty hot and threw up a number. And I think he finished inside the top 20 uh, at the Masters. He had a great um, set of, of performances in the Middle East. And he has also been under the radar. There's nothing about his current form that suggests that he's coming in hot, which is one of those things that may work in his favor. Um, we've been getting a lot of on-the-ground feedback here from some of the international press about quiet confidence coming from Tommy Fleetwood. We know he tied for fourth last year at Aaron Hills. I'm, I like Tommy Fleetwood at the number that he's at. This is one okay. where the... The, the juice is worth the squeeze, as they say. I'm seeing him at, at, in the 40 to 1 range. Okay. You, you know, know what I like about Tommy Fleetwood? His caddy just looks at his beautiful flowing locks, and that's how he tells the finger actually. He's like, yeah, we need a 7 iron here, and you're, uh, you're going more plus at up 50 miles an hour. It's a well, really spectacular. The other thing that's nice about that, they don't have to pray. He is the golfing Jesus. So he's just, true. You know, they just look at each other and they know that uh, it's going to pay off at some point. There is another guy that I like yeah, on this uh, roster. I keep saying his name, um, but he's just got that major tournament pedigree. That's Mark Leishman. And mm-hmm. the reason that I'm talking about Leishy, not only because uh, his, his odds are, are um, so tasty, the odds to win. Let me see what we have him here for. What's your list have, have Leishman at? 
what do I have? I'm sorry. I have Leishman at uh, I have him here. 60 to 1. Okay, I have him at 65 to 1. Yeah, 65 on Sportsbook? Okay. On Sportsbook, yep. Um, This is a guy who has flourished at the Open Championship three of the last four times in the British Open. He has finished top six or better. Uh, Mm -hmm. This tournament, based on the observation we made at the outset, in terms of the layout here, you're thinking more of like an Open Championship because it's windswept. Australian nationality, very good on these links venues. His most recent good performance was at Trinity Forest, this brand new venue outside of Dallas, Texas. That was a, a, a links format. He finished solo second there, and he was on the leaderboard for quite a bit of the Masters until Patrick Reed came and punched him in the nose and stole all this lunch money on that Saturday. Right. So, That's right. <laughs> You'll you remember he was right there, and then Patrick Reed went out and kind of embarrassed him. Uh, they were paired together, uh, just in the sense that Reed, you know, played so well, and Leishman wasn't up to it. Um, but I like Leishman uh, at sixty-five to one. That feels very delicious to me. I like him too. I like his build too. I like the way he carries his uh, his, his curse. Or, I mean, you know, I'm a fat guy myself, but you know, he <laughs> the way. The way he was, I, I just worry about him getting uh, across that. I worry about you getting across 616 yards a hole on a uh, less than four meals. I'm, I'm worried about. Well, I'll tell you, I, I have been walking around. I've been burning off some calories. I had I threw nice. on the Instagram a delicious bacon cheeseburger um, with tomato bacon jam as the topping that I enjoyed Ooh. here yesterday at. at uh, Top of the hill here at Shinnecock Hill, and also the, oh, the beers right. were flowing because I use I use some liquid sustenance. Hey, they don't have that at the hospital. You'd be surprised. They uh, need to work on that. The <laughs> so what's they your really what's your long work. shot house? Who's uh, there's some big ones. There's a hockey referee. There's some other guy in there that's around two hundred, uh, like two thousand twenty five hundred to one or something. Stay away from. Yeah, them, I, Is there a long shot you like? So I had kind of a boring name for a boring guy that also plays uh, excruciatingly slow. Um, so this is going to uh-huh. be unpopular. And it's not really much of a long shot. Patrick Cantlay is a guy who has shown good form. He, this is the very first time he will compete the U.S. Open as a professional. But he's played these USGA events and, and um, been very good as, a, as an amateur and as a junior. And um, his cutting stroke is uh, impeccable. So he's kind of somebody that I'm thinking about in a longer shot mode, but 70 to one isn't really great long shot odds. Okay. I think he's a California kid around 25, 26 yeah, years old. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. I like him. All right. All right. Those are good. So you would say the two Justin, Thomas and Rose, you would say yeah. Patrick Cantley and who did I just miss? And you said Mark Leishman, right? Yeah, and, and Tommy Fleetwood, the golfing. Oh, and Tommy Fleetwood, the mid-range stuff. Right. Yeah. Then the, I like couple that. props. Couple props for you. We we talked about the nationality of the winner. We like the field at minus one fifteen. Mm-hmm. And one one last prop for you. Will there be a playoff? I believe that it's still available at plus three hundred. So so a couple observations there. Uh, there hasn't been a playoff in the past ten years, and the USGA just this year implemented a new playoff format. The U.S. Open is no longer going to be competed on the following Monday if there is a tie after the, at the completion of play on Sunday. Oh. They, they're moving to a two-hole playoff, and there's a lot of hubbub about that. So it feels like karma might want to put the USDA <laughs> right to the test immediately 
And see, the, the problem with the two holes here at Shinnecock, one is, is number, the 17th hole is like a 190-yard par three that's probably going to play into the wind. So guys are going to have to – you might have a guy that's been sitting for four hours, have to come out oh. and take one swing, and, you know, he could be out of it right away because he doesn't have the opportunity to make it up on 18. 18 is just a par four here. Um, so he could it could be one swing and over basically um, with this two hole right. playoff. So there's some, some criticism, which just sets up for a beautiful karmic moment. There's also been a ton of playoffs this season. Uh, I don't I don't have the stat handy, but there is an inordinate number of playoffs. I could put it on the Twitter or something. Um, well, here's, so here's the, here's like the other thing. Way. Yeah, the, the parlay can. I think there's a prop. Will anyone shoot under par? Under par, and I think you like that someone will shoot under par. Oh, right? I love that one. Yeah, but definitely. the fact. The fact that everyone is supposed to shoot even at best makes it like, will there be overtime in a hockey game versus will there be overtime in an NBA game? You know, you're not going to get right. the minus 18, the minus right. 16, so you don't have those crazy numbers. All you're competing with are plus one, plus twos, evens, maybe a minus one. So, so yeah, you're right. I think it's much more likely that you run into a tie break situation. That's good. Yeah. That's just well, you- that's just good math. That's just good math. I mean, even in 2004, when the course got away from uh, the maintenance team and the USGA team, the winning score was four under, and Phil Mickelson was one under. Um, right. So, you know, the, you had the under par part covered, and then we think because of the, the, the tremendous skill set and how many guys are playing great right now, um, that, that uh, two guys finishing at the same you know, say four under, five under, that's not crazy talk at all. Comes so, you want You want to hear some crazy talk? Uh, we haven't said one word about Tiger Woods. Yeah, I was just going to say, Tiger, about 22 to 1. Does, does he and his, his red shirt, do they make a move on Sunday? Or is this Rocco Mediate's <laughs> tournament? <laughs> uh, this, this, is, this is the year of the Rocco. I will okay. say this. There's one, there's one prop. We have to have some action on Tiger. You can't have a, a U.S. Open the first time he's you know, competed right. in a serious way in however long. Um, okay. I love him to hit the fairway at minus 145 on number one. Will he hit the fairway at number one? Is minus 145. Wow. I, I mean, you're going to see something big come across the line for me on that one. Because I will oh, tell you, I walked, I walked this number one hole a number of times. It's situated right at uh, the juncture where the media center is located. I mm. feel like I could hit the fairway here. Not only do I really, I know I could hit the fairway here on number one. I mean, it would take and an it's extraordinary only, miss. It's only minus 145, huh? I'm telling you, because that's, 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 again, uh, that's, that almost feels like free money. It's just math. I, I think it is. I, I, I almost feel like it's unfair that you have been, you will show up with a wind machine if you have to to make sure that ball lands on the fairway. Uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get out there and, and blow it. Believe me, I'll blow anything <laughs> for Tiger. I love it. All right. Well, Al, <laughs> that was spectacular. I love the breakdown. We got the two Justins. Just to repeat, you have Tommy Fleetwood at forty to one. You like Patrick Cantley and Mark Leishman. They're uh, they're uh, longer shots, right? You can get them yeah. six, about sixty to one on Bovada. You like uh, what were your props? You like you like oh you like uh, Fields versus the United States. That's okay. Minus, so, yeah, minus one fifteen. You like that one? Yeah, minus well, one fifteen. Okay. And it's we uh, you can do that one. Money screen. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And uh, and Tiger to hit the fairway on the first hole minus one four five. Did I miss one? There was another one. There. there was. Will there be a playoff plus three hundred? Yeah. We're going to do that one too. They'll run that one too. Playoff at three to one. All right, House. Thanks for jumping on. Have a great time. I, I think this is the last we see of House. I, I see 
I think you open an oyster shack on the East End and you, you settle down with Christy Brinkley and we never see you again. God bless you. Well, that would that would be fine. I just want to know. Please send me a, a note and, and let me know when you start farting again. Okay, I will. No, you'll be I able to get to the hospital, buddy. <laughs> I hope so. I, I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for calling. Good times. Thanks, guys. All right. All right. Take Bye. care. All right, Joe House. He's the best. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Shoot us an email. Cousin Sal, against all odds at gmail.com. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. And Jimmy Kimmel versus Ted Cruz one-on-one basketball. If you're in the Houston area, catch it live this Saturday night. Texas Southern University. I will be there. Come say hi. Kimmel, favored by two and a half points. That's that for Joe House and Degenerate Trifecta. I'm Sal. Thanks so long and happy handicapping. We're also brought to you by Hotel Tonight. If you love to score amazing deals at incredible hotels, you'll love Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool, top-rated hotels. Even though their name's Hotel Tonight, you could also book in advance for spontaneous weekend getaways, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, business bookings, and more. It's easy. Book hotels in 10 seconds in just three taps and a swipe. Get the Hotel Tonight app now to start Start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need.